Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And coming up today, we're going to be talking about... Talking about atheism. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be talking about talking. We're going to get a little meta on the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, for sure. So we talk about atheism and we're going to talk about talking about atheism. That's right. We're going to talk about... Maybe we'll do a show next week that's talking about... Talking, talking about Talking about talking about atheism. I don't think I'm sure gonna we're going to get some feedback on it. So they'll... Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, at your work... With your friends, yeah. with your parents. Tricky conversations Can you, come up. We're not talking about coming out of the closet. No. We're talking about how do we talk about this thing. Yeah. This thing that... You're well out of the closet. That we all share. Or you're not, but you know, you're out of the closet with a few people. Right. They have questions. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. But before we do that, dun, we, dun, dun. we, we have uh, other things to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to talk about one Mr. Bernard Sanders. <gasps> What, uh, what? What did he do? He's he's running for president. Oh, well, all right. I saw. Good luck. I saw a YouTube video where somebody was doing an actually incredible impersonation of him. Oh yeah. And uh, and he said something along the lines of, "I know that it looks like I'm running for president of the Muppet Show, but <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. That's pretty good. Pretty funny That's stuff. Pretty good. Um, anywho." Uh, so there was a he recently was interviewed by the uh, Washington Post and uh, had some interesting. They were, so so he people have been asking him the God question, mm -hmm. the religion question, yeah. and he's been clear that he doesn't uh, like he he hedges, oh. but he never says my faith is X. I mean, he was raised Jewish. He was right. I mean, he, you know, he did his whole bar mitzvah thing and right. Even went to, to Israel and, and worked on a kibbutz, I think, for a while. Really? Yeah. As you do when you're a Jew. But he... Uh, <laughs> really? Well, I mean, sure. Some. Okay. I it's suppose. required. There's, there's a list of things that That's one right. does. The, the Muslims go to Mecca. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the Jews go to the kibbutz. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's, he's done quotations like, for instance... Um, Quote, I think everyone believes in God in their own ways. Uh, to really? Me, everyone? <laughs> right. Okay. To me, it means that we are, that all of us are connected. All of life is connected and that we are all tied together. Oh. Oh, that's nice. That. We're all tied together. Is not a God, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sanders. What you have described is, is, is different than that. Some sort of society that people live in? <laughs> yeah, right. We're all of course, he said all of life is connected. So oh. it sounds like he believes in the force oh. is what he sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Uh, okay. It, it, that works. It's a very interesting thing. He refuses to be nailed down. Uh, Clinton, on the other hand. Uh, oh, she's getting all mainline Protestant all over. She's getting. She's shit. she's solidly Methodist. She's yeah. been hitting it hard. I'm uh -huh. a person of faith, she says. I'm a Christian. I am a Methodist. I have been raised Methodist. I feel very grateful for the instructions and support that I have received, starting in my family, but through the, but through my church. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So basically, every presidential candidate except Bernie Sanders has been hitting the whole faith thing. Even Trump, with his <laughs> stupid like going to Liberty University, yeah. And, and now, mind you, I'm not one of the guy. I'm not one of the people who says that he fucked up the Bible. 
He just said it in a way that's not the popular way to say the Two name. Corinthians. As opposed to Second Corinthians. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so we all say Second Corinthians, but it's not wrong to say Two Corinthians. It, what it does, though, is it questions his level of real exposure. It makes it absolutely clear that he knows nothing about the Bible. <laughs> it makes it 100%. This is the first time he's actually open. This man has never uh, paid attention in a church in his life. Two Corinthians. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, Two colon one dash five. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, he's he says he believes in the Bible. Of course, when you when he was pinned down, they were like, what's your what's your favorite verse? Oh, I don't want to pick one of them. Well, I love them all. I love them all. Right. (laughs) And then and then somebody asked him, do you like the, the Old Testament or the New Testament better? And he's like, ah, I love them all. (laughs) <laughs> you gave the the Palin answer. What, what, what do you read? What, what what news magazines do you read? Uh, uh, you know, all of them. Well, she's on the campaign now. Yeah, I know. So, like, she's he's clearly getting some good, solid coaching. Thank God, because from Tina Fey's Tina Fey's impression is still on point, <laughs> and it's uh, and so we needed we needed more of Palin. Uh, but no, it's interesting. I mean, true to sort of his form, Sanders is just not doing what everybody else is expecting him to do. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and this actually leads into my story. If you're done with yours, I can. Uh, sure. I mean, know. I was going to read a couple more quotes. Let no, me just get a couple do. more please quotes do, yeah. out and then and then and then you can you can segue nicely. Uh, right. He says, I am what I am uh, and what I believe in and what my spirituality is about is that we're all in this together. Oh, I am what I am," he says. Oh, really? They're, okay. Yeah, they're, they're trying. They're trying to nail him down. I, I, that was on Jimmy Kimmel that okay. he said that. He said, "I want to be treated with dignity and respect, and I want other people to be treated with dignity and respect. I think it is important that a sense of morality be a part of our politics." Mm. Golden rule. That sounds like the golden rule. I feel like it's pretty fair to say this guy is an atheist <laughs> i feel i mean at very least yeah the, he won't talk about a personified god i think we got an atheist on our hands that's just what i'm gonna say it's possible i mean it's uh he's never gonna use that the, word. the fact of the matter is he's just being the most honest yeah any of them are being sure because let's let's look at the other two that you just mentioned trump and clinton yeah Come on. Oh, yeah. They don't give a fuck about God. Neither of the, neither. None. None. No. None of these three no. believes in God. No, no, no. It's, you know, it's amazing to me. I think, did you know it's that? you. <laughs> well, and here's, but, and here's an interesting thing that the Post pointed out. Yeah. He's coming on the heels of the first black president. Mm-hmm. Clinton's hitting the I'll be the first woman president thing really, really hard. Right. He's not hitting the I'll be the first Jewish president thing at all. Well, don't you think that would still still be a little dicey on some level? I'd, I mean, he clearly doesn't really care about like who he's impressing or not. No. Because he seems to just come out and say exactly what, what's on his mind. Yeah. But I don't know. Isn't there still some jew thing well yeah but he's in a, politics but but he's already associated with it he might yeah. as well get what he i mean the, largely it, the jewish lobby is it even be that big of a deal i'm trying to think it through like i mean the people who hate jews aren't voting for a democrat anyway right 
I feel I feel like the truth is that I mean cuz cuz largely the the Jewish lobby, the pro-Israel lobby uh-huh. is behind Clinton. Yeah, interesting. I, huh. it, I mean, you'd think that he could use that. He could use his Judaism mm-hmm. as as a leverage point because mm-hmm. there's a lot I mean, stereotypes aside, there's a lot of money that flows from that Jewish lobby. Then why not go for it? He doesn't care. Because he, just, he doesn't believe in because he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in Judaism. So why would he want their money? He actually has like ethics. Oh God damn it, Bernie! I know. Get off that <laughs> just ethics go train. Go for the votes, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but that does lead into your next story. Yes, which is a um, a poll that was recently done by the Pew Research, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a great organization, the Pew Research, whatever, whatever. it is. Um, this is the uh, religion and politics survey okay. that they just did um, that finds that Americans are warming to the idea of uh, a non-religious or potentially even atheist president. Really? Yeah. Apparently, the last time they did this poll... Uh, the American the, uh, the respondents to the poll said that the, the number of respondents to the poll that said that they would be less likely to vote for an atheist um, came in at 61%. Okay. Okay. So a good majority. Yeah. Yeah. You know, less likely. Yeah. I can less s- likely. I, yeah, right? I, I'm surprised that was it's in, not higher. That was in August of 2007. Sure. Uh, it's now down to 51%. Really? Yeah. Um, now that's not to say that religion, uh, isn't still a benefit to sure, a candidate, right? Sure. They're able to, to utilize their religiousness and their, be- their proclaimed belief, sure. uh, as a way to get to voters, but people are holding it against the lack of belief or a difference in belief, uh, from their own personal belief, a lot less. They're yeah. not holding it against them. That's interesting. Um, in fact, uh, I mean, let's see. Past Pew surveys found that seven in ten Americans said that it was important uh, for a president to have strong religious beliefs. Uh-huh. Um, but they revised the question. Um, they've, they're now asking, how important is it to you to have a president who shares your religious beliefs? Hmm. Um, and that, uh, let's see, Republicans, 64% say that it is important. Huh. 41% of Democrats say that it's important, that they share your beliefs. Now, that's, I mean, that's interesting. Because yeah. What people are saying is, well, as long as they have some belief. I'm, it, that, right. you know, the way and that then, hits my ear, the way that hits my sensibility is that they're saying, well... I mean, I guess he doesn't have to share my beliefs. He could be a Methodist, and I'm a I'm a Baptist, and it'd be all right, as long as he's Christian. <laughs> doesn't matter. Or, no, I think this is like strikingly different. Yeah, it does seem like there is a small there, there's a sea change happening because there's like, a, there's there, there's a uh, because Methodists and like as long as mainline Christians or mainline Protestants rather. Um, they they always sort of were in the same little club, right? Mm. They didn't really care if you were Presbyterian or Methodist right. or Lutheran, sure. you know, like, it, okay, it's basically the same thing. It's just slightly mm-hmm. askew, little difference here in this practice or this belief. 
But at the end of the day, they believe they clearly believe in the same God. Right. Yeah. I because mean, they believe in the Trinity and they believe in they, they kind of dwell on the same parts of the Bible right. and kind of have a same they ethic like, and understanding of life. They all like right? that Jesus fella. Right. It's just do you do you dance or how much do you drink? Right. Or, you know, it's that kind of stuff. But anyway, um so this is this is interesting. Among the Democratic front front runners of uh this current race, um there's some interesting th- views. Oh. Okay. Uh, 48% overall of respondents say that, uh, Hillary Clinton, um, is not a religious person. Huh. Right. So she's, well, we she's just hitting it that, hard. So. Right. But she's hitting it hard and it's interesting. It's not, she's not really selling right. the, 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 the message. So broken down by party, um, it didn't matter. Both members of both party came in exactly at 65% saying, that she is at least somewhat religious. <laughs> like, yeah. she's not, her message is getting out and it's not fooling anyone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, about two thirds of Democrats um, and those who lean Democratic um, say that Clinton is very or somewhat religious. Uh, roughly half of Democrats say Sanders is at least somewhat religion that's religious that's at 47 percent um evangelicals are skeptical of both clinton and sanders only 16 percent think that sanders would be a good president uh, but about 15 percent, so basically the same number say so um about say the same thing about clinton i feel um, like i feel like we're getting to a point where well i I, this is a side topic, but why the fuck do we care about people's opinions about somebody else's beliefs? <laughs> like, do you believe that they believe a thing? Well, what? That's nothing. None of my business. Whether think, they, whether, if they believe in a thing or not. Well, right. You're making the right point, but <laughs> the, the I I do it's think that it's that, interesting to know like what like who are they fooling? Right. To right? gauge to gauge the crowd. Are they actually because? Right. You know, Be- well, the conversation and- we just had, we don't think that any three of the candidates is actually a believer of any substance. Right. Exactly. Well, know. and and if you ask Americans' opinions about you know the religion of Barack Obama, you're going to get a very interesting. Yeah. Man's not that religious. Um, and then uh, yes, he is. He just loves Allah, not <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> uh, the nuns, the infamous. Nuns, the, the N-O-N-E-S, yes. nuns, us, um, people with no religious identity. Um, Sanders scored a good or great rating mm. from 51% of nuns, um, and Clinton drew high praise uh, from uh, 40, only 42% of nuns. Huh. So the, 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 the non-religious... Uh, seem to be going towards Sanders in just slightly, slightly higher numbers. Interesting. Not that any of this means all that much at this stage in the game. No, no, not at all. But it is interesting. Anyway, I'm going to move us on to uh, some more polling, actually. Ew. Uh, you love, I just did polling, Dan. You love polls. I'm tired of polls. Uh, no, you're not. We're going to go on. Um, so, uh, also, the Pew, uh, the, they've been looking at... Um, some, some studies that they've done and found, so this is interesting. It's correlating religious belief with a sense of awe. 
and wonder. Oh. And they, oh. they so the, so they're 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 discussing awe, and what they found is that awe and wonder in Americans has has gone up. <gasps> Has increased. Uh, uh, Really? Yeah. They say a deep sense of, they say people who have felt a deep sense of wonder about the universe at least weekly is up in America from 39% in 2007 to 46%. This while are the the numbers of nuns Mm. has, has increased. Well, that's you, part of this. this that's this? part of this question. Oh, uh, what they found is that yes, uh, it has actually gone up most in the category of nuns. No, we are the ones who are feeling the awe, and oh. I love it. Oh. I kind of. I mean, I see. Here's the thing: if you ask a Christian, if if uh, non-believers would feel a sense of awe and wonder. I'm guessing they would say no because they don't because they associate those ideas with God. But the thing is it makes perfect sense to me cuz we don't have answers. Right. There's all of these completely unanswered questions. Right. And all we can do is just sit here and be these little critters on uh-huh. this on this rock that's sort of spinning around in space. Right. There's nothing but awe and wonder for me. So there was nothing so, but really. Oh my gosh! You're, you I'm, just I'm walk in, around. I'm in awe of everything. Huh? Every- How do you find time to do anything, Dan? Oh, it's just a constant state of awe. I don't pause for the awe. <laughs> I just keep the awe sort of at a at a at a, at a at a at a sort of constant level. You don't pause for the awes. <laughs> uh, they exp- so uh, unaf- people who are unaffiliated uh, religiously. Uh, jumped from 39% to 47% mm. uh, awe, of, of, awe. Of, of weekly awe. <laughs> Their awe index is uh, high. But the most significant change mm. is atheists, specifically atheists. Not, not just nuns, but atheists. The number of atheists who reported feeling, feelings of wonder about the universe soared from 37% to 54%. <gasps> What? Wow. We, Good. Weekly awe, everybody. Good. We're we, doing it. We need to be experiencing awe. It's an important. I think it's an important part of the human I think, uh, condition. I think it's you know. Oh uh, yeah. I think it's we, beautiful, and I think that it's something that I I personally feel like most people, uh, a lot of people don't get, don't don't give themselves the, uh, chances for for that feeling. No. As often as they should. Go to the Grand Canyon, folks. Go, go out, get out into nature, or go into amazing architecture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, see some art. Sunsets. It's all. It's get all. up for a sunrise. Yeah, that's some all. Yeah, yeah. Or else it's some. Uh, <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce awe <laughs> in the morning. I'm not. I'm not a morning person. Yeah, go see. Yeah, go see a good movie. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, and that's the great thing. That's that's what I find delightful about not having a like a God and not having a series of answers in the, uh-huh. about the universe is that it's just like, holy shit, what are, what is all of this? Or go, go to church. Yeah. Go to church. <laughs> and then you'll be like, Oh, Oh, that's right. There's no, there's absolutely no awe here. Actually, that's None. not that my experience. I mean, if you go to Mormon church, there's exactly zero awe. You can right, But if you go to like St. Paul's cathedral in London, 
Right, and you have choir saying architecture. Right, and you have choirs and you have mm. you know, music and so, I, there's awe there. Yeah, okay. They but they've cultivated awe. That's the one thing right. that the religious have done is cultivated awe and um, wonder. Unless you're Mormon. Unless you're Mormon, and, and they just squeeze the life out of it. <laughs> there's just no awe. Why do they do that? Because it's just shocking. Yeah, I know. It's like it, it, church attendance. It, it feels like a factory you work. Walk into a Motel Six, basically. Yeah, it's it's you a, know? it's about as fancy as that. Yeah, you've got really yeah. bad furniture everywhere. You sit Just, on uncomfortable you're surrounded seats. by painted cinder block walls, and if you're lucky, they've put some burlap over the top of it. <laughs> and then they and then they trimmed out in wood. They have the most boring meeting they can imagine. Like, if, if you can make it more boring, they'll take your suggestion. <laughs> like, if you can find a way to make it more boring, they'll be like, ooh, yeah, that is good. Yeah. Literally, I went to a Mormon wedding uh, a couple oh, weeks ago. Like uh, a, an out-of-the-temple out wedding. An out-of-the-temple. So this is a rare occurrence where yeah. uh, two Mormons who, don't, who uh, aren't worthy of going to the temple still get married <laughs> in, uh, by the Mormon bishop. In in a non temple environment, it's a it it does happen. It's rare, but it happens. How often did the bishop reference the fact that they were not getting married in the temple? Actually, this bishop was cool about that. Really, but the guidelines say basically that they're supposed to talk about that. Yeah, this it's bishop like, gross. This bishop was cool about that. But here's what he did: he did the Mormonist thing that he could do, oh. which was he got up before the ceremony and told us what to expect. <laughs> Which was, uh, so before we start, I just, I, I'd like to, to, you know, I will be presiding over this, uh, this wedding and afterwards we'll be hearing from the father of the bride who will have some instructions on what we need to do for the, uh, after the <laughs> wedding, uh, while we clear the tables uh, or while we clear the chairs so that we can bring out the tables for the reception. It was just like, it was a corporate meeting. It was meeting. Yeah. 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 Somebody it, like, was probably taking minutes of this <laughs> wedding. It was the worst thing ever. And then some, whoever was in charge of the music had it like going through some wireless thing. So it buffered three times and like oh, they were walking slowly oh, no, in silence. Like they're streaming it from, from oh, Spotify. Oh my God. It was, it was so <laughs> awkward. It was the most awkward thing I've ever had in my life. Lucky an ad didn't play. I know. Right. Music. Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, let's stick with the Mormons just for a second. Oh, yeah, let's do. Um, we're going to go down to the BYU. Oh, down to the BY. And uh, their law school. Uh, oh, yes. And they do have a law school. They've got a law school right there, right in the middle campus. Uh-huh. Uh, just saw it yeah, kind of right off to the side. Yeah. It's nice. It's, a, it's an interesting looking building. It's severe. Yeah. In its architecture. Sure. Um, yeah, so there has been this little group called Free BYU, uh, that's been, uh, I think we've spoken about it. I think we mentioned maybe them. once or twice. I don't think we've really given them the attention that they deserve. <laughs> uh, they are, it's a group of BYU alumni who are pushing BYU and the LDS church because it'll have to get the you know, downtown's approval right? Uh, to allow for stu current students at BYU to change their mind about their faith. If they started off mm. as Mormon, allow them to question their faith and even perhaps leave the faith. 
yeah, while as a student, because as background, as background, BYU is owned by the LDS Church, right? And they they do allow non Mormons to come to their to yes. their university, but if you start as a Mormon, and then you change your mind while you're there, right? You now get kicked out of the university. Right, because you've just violated the honor code. When you enter the university, you sign a set of rules and blah, blah, blah. And you have to, you have to keep up this ecclesiastical endorsement while you're um, going to school at BYU. Right. So the, and, and, and technically, whoever your ecclesiastical leader is, in the case of the 98% or whatever of the student body that's Mormon, right. that's going to be your Mormon bishop. Correct. And you're going to probably a student ward. Um, almost definitely you're going right. to a student ward. And so your bishop is on like high alert to be looking out for students kind of falling off or, you know, their attendance tapering off right. and whatnot. And they, they actually, everybody kind of has this idea of, oh, you only have to have your ecclesiastical endorsement done once a year. Yeah, that's right. But they can yank it whenever they want. Oh, really? And if they yank your ecclesiastical endorsement, now you're in violation of the honor code and you can get suspended or kicked out of school or whatever. But it's now policy. If you leave the LDS church, you're gone out of that Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that isn't that what that was what free BYU was created to fight. This is what exactly. That's where I was. I was heading. Sure. Um, So free BYU is is trying to say if you change your faith, LDS students who who lose or change their faith can be allowed to finish their degree because this ends up happening. You have these these people who their intellectual curiosity has led them down, you know, Weird that, that, higher, path, that higher education could lead to people leaving a church. Where, where they start doubting yeah. their faith in, 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 in the LDS movement. And uh, they, um, but they, they ride it out. Right. Right. In order to get that degree that they've invested time and some money into. Yeah. Right. A lot of time and money. And uh, although not so much money, because that's one of the cheapest degrees you can get. When you're Mormon. When you're Mormon. When you're not Mormon, it's like double tuition or whatever. Yeah, it's still insanely cheap. Yeah. Anyway. But nonetheless, the law school, from my understanding, not so much on the cheap side of things, Mm. but um, probably still less expensive than most law schools. But nonetheless, uh, so they've been pushing for this. And the whole idea, well, so what they've done by (laughs) raising this issue is they've actually now gotten the attention of the American Bar Association because their accreditation of the law school at BYU is based in their own standards of um, non-discrimination. Oh. Right. And so the what's been happening is um, LGBT students Uh have been forced out. Right. And non-believing students have been forced out. And the guidelines from the ABA are that it's okay to allow for a preference in administration. However... Like a religious preference? Yeah, probably just about any preference. Okay. Uh, As long as it's not white people. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, that's that's sort of an unwritten preference at BYU. But nonetheless... um, but the standards may not be used to to limit academic freedom or to discriminate when it comes to admission or retention of students. 
Um, the, uh, the, the, the American Bar Association uh, forbids schools from, quote, taking action mm. based on race, religion, gender, nationality, sexuality, age, or disability. Oh, interesting. They're not allowed to take action on it. So now, they so can they, use they, it as they, a means to, keep, to, to, to show preference for a student who fits their religious group so or they, whatever. So they could not accept you based on this. But, but once you're accepted, they can't take action based on it. Technically, the way that it's sounding to me, they may not be used to limit academic freedom or discriminate when it comes to admission or retention. Oh, interesting. They're only allowed to show a preference. Huh. Right? So interesting. they can't use it as a no. They can use it they as They can a, use it as we want him instead. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. And does it... So, so I mean, I guess it sounds like... Their accreditation might be a risk from the ABA. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a school that probably shouldn't even be accredited at all as a school, as a as a university <laughs> in general. But uh, but that's fascinating because you know this is one of those moments where yes, you know when I when I first heard about free BYU, mm -hmm. I was like, oh cute, right? But I think you have no leverage. I think they do. Now they kind of do. If you start pulling in the accreditors, yeah, I know, mean, I saying, mean, listen, these folks, these folks, it's it's not that they're basically just seeking out all these Mormon students and blah blah blah, or that they're preaching Mormonism in all of their classes, right? Right, because it's a Mormon slant on everything. Yeah. That's not the problem here. No, the problem is that they don't allow for that freedom of thought and freedom of expression. On their campus environment. Interesting. That's the problem. That will be fascinating to see play out. I, uh, I, somehow I just Mormons are so good at navigating bureaucracy that I can see I can see them just like convincing the bar association to let them slide. Yeah, and uh, their, their diplomatic skills they're quite, are probably high enough. They're that pretty good. I don't want to question the ethics of the ABA, but. Mormon Church has got a lot of money. They're good at it. Yeah, they're good at and this they're stuff. they're able to like figure whether or not they're actually like giving to the right organization in order to influence your opinion, or they're just paying the right people right. who know how to present their side in the right way. They've got the money to figure it out. They'll figure it out. But I don't know be, though. But this one's this, a little dicey for them. I mean, because yeah, because the the ABA has a a written rule. They yeah. have they have a guideline in place. Like, it, yeah. what are they going to do? And this is convince only gonna them more... to change their guideline, right? No, and this is only going to get more difficult. Yeah, for the LDS Church and for BYU as time goes by, and society continues to accept uh, members of the LGBT community with you know in growing numbers. Uh -huh. And and uh, it's, it's going to be tricky. It, it, they're not. They, they are going to seem so antiquated and so out of touch. Well, they already seem out of touch. Yeah. But um, but so antiquated so soon to basically everyone mm -hmm. except the fringes right. in this nation so quickly. They're not even. They don't. I do, can they? It, it's can okay. They even Mormons, know what's coming. Mormons love being fringe. They love being fringe. Not in this way. We'll see. Because they I didn't say love this. being fringe on racism. Yeah, that's true. And this well, is they, going to play similarly. They sure did cling, uh, cling to it for way longer than they should have. Than they, than they should have, but they, the, they eventually yeah. capitulated. 
Uh, I I do. I have a friend who graduated from BYU's uh, uh, law school. Uh-huh. What do they? What's the name of the law school? The Reuben C. Clark. Yes, School of Law. That's what she claims. That's what, when she when people ask her where'd you go to school? Oh, it was the Reuben C. Clark Law <laughs> School of Law. School of Law. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, where's that? Oh, never mind. Oh, it's just a small little school down in. Uh, down in, <laughs> in southern Utah. Yeah. She she really does dodge it. It's amazing. It was yeah. very funny. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to... Uh, this is kind of interesting. New York City. Uh, there has been a lawsuit filed. Oh. Uh, I don't think it'll go anywhere, but it's fascinating. Okay. A man named Justin Joseph has filed a lawsuit That's against... That's not a real name. Yes, it is. And his, he, he's filed a lawsuit against the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, um, no. It's a lawsuit claiming that the uh, that the museum has uh, participated in racist propaganda. Oh no, not the MoMA! Because all of their pieces uh, that depict Jesus Christ predict uh, depict him as white. Hmm. So he's suing <laughs> because there's a whole bunch. Of, what he says is that because m- millions of dollars in, of taxpayer money yeah. goes to this institution. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that makes it government speech, and as such, uh, he doesn't feel that they should promote a white view of Jesus. Considering well, what we what what uh, anthropologists and uh, yes, and theologians but. know about the region and about who Jesus yeah. was, he was not white, right? No. Uh, he the was, people who made the art or rather, were, or rather, Dan. Who, yeah, I know, right? The people, more importantly, the people paying for the art were. Right. Yeah. But so, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously. You're paying for the artwork? You get a white god. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, and it's the same. I mean, he should also sue anyone who makes, uh, anyone who, sh- sh- a museum that has Chinese-looking Buddhas. Oh, yeah. Because that's also racist propaganda. Oh. Of the worst kind. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting how cultures take, they glom onto a religious leader, uh-huh. and then instead of forming themselves into the image of this religious leader, they make sure to mold that religious leader into their own form. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's the one that, I mean, as a white person, well. Man, we really need this should make sense to you. Well, you know what 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 makes more sense is that we need to create uh images of Buddha as white. Oh yeah. We need to claim him too. Why not? We kind of need to make them all white. The strange thing about the Buddha though and the way that western uh woo-woo liberalism works embraces it. It's it's the fact that he is Asian. Oh yeah, that that it, that has most of its value. Oh yeah, not to say something that sounds <laughs> deeply racist. Well, but, but let's face it, there you know, there is a racism to a it. There's a fascination with Eastern with tradition, ancient Eastern yeah knowledge, and yeah. and they they just had a better sense of of the universe <laughs> than we do. They just understood things uh, that we just don't get. Now I will say that their uh, stretching, bending, and balancing practices also known as yoga, <laughs> are good yeah. as long as it's stretching, bending, and balance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we've said that before. People like I'm it. I'm doing some stretching, bending, and balancing right now yeah. for my back. Sh- and are you? Yeah. You have a and practice? I have a, a, a practice of sorts. Um, and, it, and it's helpful. 
Yeah. It 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 wakes it up. Yeah. And it's just so yummy. <laughs> you have all of your various asanas that you do. <laughs> the, no, the the language that these Oh, it's so hard to find a video on YouTube that I can watch the, where it's not just the most nauseatingly Oh, well, I have a I have a yummy pose for your back right now. Yeah, well, oh, this is this this just you know, and it's like uh, I wish I could remember some of the other phrases that they use that really bug me. But yummy just stands out. Oh, I can't really? handle the use of the word yummy or juicy or any of that crap. I just don't like I because it's just like stop it. I don't like this. Like you're you're taking a practice that's from that's sort of from India and the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. And then what you're doing is you're Americanizing it, mm-hmm. but it's important to keep the Sanskrit words. <laughs> really important that we talk about Shavasana and right. you know, whatever. We can't just, I mean, we have na- Americanized names for right. these poses. Right. But we really like those Sanskrit words. Yeah. And let's say, let's say namaste at the end, oh. even though nobody knows what that actually means. I hate all of that crap so much. I know, me too. But I like the the stretching yeah, and bending. Yeah, that's good because you know they got. They, I mean, they figured out stretching and bending. Yeah, and balance. They're good at they it. They really figured it out. Like they they have it dialed in. Yep. These yogis, right? Yeah, they've got it figured out. I just can't handle all the mysticism that <laughs> right. surrounds yeah, it. Exactly. But unfortunately, my 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 poor little back at the moment needs some stretching and bending. Yep. So we're old. <laughs> that's the main thing. <laughs> All right. Indeed. Next. All right. Oh, next. Moving on. I'm done with this one, Frank. <laughs> You've said enough, Frank. Next. All right. Uh, this comes. <laughs> oh, that was an amazing look you just gave me. All right. Um, <laughs> so here's a little story coming to us from Italy. Mm. It- Italy. Italy. La bella Italia. Um, Italy. Yeah. Um, so they recently had a visit from the uh, the, uh, the the Iranian president. Oh, uh, Hassan Rouhani. Uh-huh. Rouhani. Sure. Um, and while he was there, I guess they must have taken him through the uh, the Capitoline museums. Oh, um, because they. Uh, covered up a bunch of nude statues. <laughs> um, and this uh, has <coughs> engangered the Italian public. Oh yeah, um, that was that especially was... some Italian uh, officials, government officials. Oh really? Um, who and you know the public? Uh, well, everybody's hitting Twitter apparently. Sure. With the hashtag uh, statue nude. <laughs> they chose English words, but. Oh, chose Italian order. Funny statue nude, um, to, and so they're they're upset um, because you know because the, these are great works of art. These are, are amazing works of art covered over because of somebody's. And, uh, come on, come on, he can handle it. You're a grown he man. Handle, he can handle a little penis, like a booby or two, right? <laughs> I, think, I think on display. Sure, because he, that's what he the, loves it. That's what that's what they did. That's yeah. what the Renaissance artists did. That's what yeah. the ancient artists did. That's what they were into. Um, those pervs. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Uh, apparently, Rahani says that he did not ask for for them to do such. Um, oh, they just oh they were they, just they did it uh, in order to accommodate him. Uh, and this is his quote: When asked about it at a press conference in Rome, he said, "I know that Italians are a very hospitable people, a people who try to do the most to put their guests at ease." And I thank you for this. Okay. So uh, he was appreciative. Oh, my God. He That's appreciated so, so fu- that he didn't have to see uh, yeah. boobies. And- yeah. I mean, obviously, so there, there's this, there's, there's the cultural thing. I can see why this would be so hugely offensive to Italians. Cause, oh, yeah. Because it's basically like covering up their culture. Yeah. It's like, it's like if, if a dignitary came and suddenly we were like, Oh, quick, hide all of the people who look like X. Right. Because they don't like that. Right. Hide all of them. Right. Or whatever. So it's it's covering up their culture. But there's also like this whole political thing where the, you know, the Italian government knows that if this guy comes, his opponents can make hay over him seeing, like looking at. Yeah, a photo gets taken. Penis like art or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, I get where they're coming, but yeah, that was a dumb move. Just don't take him to the museums. Right. You don't get to go to museums, dummy. Or chart a course Either be a museum g- where he doesn't have to have a picture taken with some statue's doodle next to his Right. Head. Yeah, exactly. You, we, know. you know, be 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 like shitty American parents who think that their kids can't handle seeing a penis <laughs> and just don't take them to the museum. Or just, uh, yeah, be the, the BYU Museum of Art. Oh, my God. <laughs> with the Rodin exhibit forever ago. Yeah, where they didn't allow the kiss because... Yeah. While they allow nudes, uh-huh. two nudes of the opposite gender touching was just too much. It was. It just crossed the line. Too much. Ah. All right. Well, oh, well I guess. Uh, I'm done yeah, yeah. Now. Go on. Um. Anywho, that's that. He's not done with his French tour, or at least his Italian this, tour. You mean? I'm sorry, with his European tour. Okay. Because he's heading to France. Okay. Okay. Um. I. I guess. Uh, there was a, a a big sort of French meal, big traditional meal that was planned at the presidential palace that had to be canceled uh, over dispute on the menu. Of course it did. Uh, the French hosts refused to accommodate the, Italian, the Iranian <laughs> leader's request for a halal meal. Oh, my God. Which means no alcohol and certified meat. Oh, that! Oh, it's the alcohol. I was like, they can't, they can't just cook him certified meat. Apparently, but, but the al- but like telling the French you can't have wine, that's going to be a big. So deal. it wasn't that they, that he wanted the entire meal, everything in the room, to accommodate him. I, you know, I understand. Yeah, I mean that is dumb. That, that's dumb. But especially that's a dumb thing to say to the French. The French are just going to be like, mais no, we are not going to do this. I'm sorry, uh, you want, if you don't drink wine, this is your thing, you can do it. We uh, don't understand. Right, but uh, if we don't drink wine, we die. <laughs> we don't live through a day of no wine. That's not possible, so my my baby drinks wine out of a bottle. Yeah. yeah. Not many ah-ah meetings at, uh, in France. <laughs> That's just so that you can cut down. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you have any uh, comments, questions, thoughts that you'd like to, to add to this conversation, please do. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. 
Or you can leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while you're on mm. Facebook... Search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and yeah. request to join. It is a closed group, so yeah, you have to be let in. It's sneaky. Mm. Well, uh, we're gonna let, let, let's let's take a little break. We don't have any Pat Robertson for you, kids. Uh, sorry about that, but we do have one, Mister Franklin Graham. Uh, your namesake. I would. Not really. My name is not Franklin. I call you Franklin. That's uh, not my name. That's true. <laughs> Uh, fr- anyway, Franklin Graham is uh, is going to teach us all about uh, about how to be a good Christian. We have allowed the enemy to come into our churches. Uh, I was talking to some Christians, and they were talking about how they have in- invited these gay children to come into their home and to come to the church, and that uh, they would um, were wanting to influence them. And I thought to myself, they're not going to influence those kids. Those kids are going to influence. This parents' children. And what happens is we think that um, we can fight by smiling and being real nice and loving. We have to understand who the enemy is and what he wants to devour our homes. He wants to devour this nation. And we have to be so careful who we let our kids hang out with. We have to be so careful who we let into the churches. And uh, you have immoral people that get into churches, and it, it begins to affect the others in the church. And uh, it is dangerous. Um, so I'm going to encourage the church to take a stand for to Christ. To be the church. To be the church, to take a stand for righteousness. And uh, homosexuality is, we have allowed into our schools, that's why I want to get the school boards back homosexuality is taught to be okay in our universities. And you have all these diversity classes and all these nice names that they come up with promoting and pushing homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not here to bash gays. I don't want to do that. And because God does love them. And I have people ask me, uh, can a gay person go to heaven? Absolutely sure. But that gay person is going to have to repent of their sins and turn from their sins leave their sins, and they have to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him as their Savior. And they have to be willing to follow Him as their Lord. But you cannot stay gay and continue to call yourself a Christian. Oh, yeah, you know, just (laughs) stop being gay. You can go to heaven, Frank. Yeah. Gay people can go to heaven. It's easy. Just don't be gay anymore. That's, That's the trick. That's it's it's a simple thing. Just stop, just stop being you. I love that he's like we can fight. Some idiots think that they can fight by smiling and being nice and loving. That's not what Christians do. We don't They're mean. And we don't nasty be nice and, and loving. Hateful. There's nothing you can do. That, 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 there's no good that can come of being nice and loving. <laughs> Hate. Tap that mm. hate. Feel it. Feel it deep within right. you. Oh, wow. Franklin That's... Graham's the, he's the emperor. <laughs> oh, I can feel the hate swelling within you. Strike me down. <laughs> All right. Um, there you go. We had some folks write into us. Uh, yes, please. Uh, and say some things. So, please. Uh, Let's hear it. 
You'll recall that last week we talked for a long time about mm-hmm. uh, about woo about uh, alternative medicines. Indeed, I uh, had some folks write in about that. Petter uh, writes in and says, "Thanks for the quackery episode and all the other ones." I know there are a lot of people that struggle with chiropractic, my friends mm-hmm. included, so I appreciate you speaking out. Yeah. Uh, there are a few other quick points I'd like to make if you'll indulge me. As preposterous and devoid of evidence is the idea that uh, water remembers the vibrations of the original <laughs> substance. Now, this is a, this is a, 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 a homeopathy thing. Right. We talked yeah. about how, how homeop- homeopaths believe that water has e- memory. has memory. So even if there's not even a single molecule of active ingredient... The water will retain but it. Wouldn't it eventually remember everything? Yeah, you'd think. Water get, like, doesn't it remember the tree it fell off of? Or the, the whale that, the, it, that it glanced off of its back? Yeah. Water remembers everything. So shouldn't all water yeah. be... I mean, at some point, every beneficial? drop of water has touched all the things. Does it forget? <laughs> I don't know. Here's this point. Uh, Petter's point is... Um, it seems to me that getting the vibrating water to maintain its vibrations in a dry pill is another story. Oh. How the fuck do you do that? Doesn't the water evaporate? That's a good point. That is a good point. There's no water in a pill. Is there water in a pill? It's like a, one of those uh, liquid gel things. <laughs> no, no, no. These are these no? are pills. Really? Yeah. Huh. Then I don't know. Maybe they have Better, liquid gel. That's gels. a good point. But yeah, anyway, uh, he also says, perhaps unintentionally, you seem to give credibility to acupuncture doing something. If accidentally. And no, we, I mean, it, it that was intentional. It does a thing. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I thought I'd point out that sham acupuncture, meaning inserting the needles into wrong places, uh-huh. placebo acupuncture, poking the skin with toothpicks, and phantom acupuncture, poking needles into a rubber arm, right. show to statistically indistinguishable results. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does a thing. Right. That thing may be entirely placebo effect right but it does a thing yeah anyway i right. uh, speaking of placebo he also said it'd, <laughs> it'd be hel- helpful it would be helpful if the larger issue of placebo were addressed yeah um, we should probably at some point yeah i mean so he says placebos do not necessarily do anything right. in the context of treatment and research they are instead a suite of confounding factors including but not limited to the patient and doctor researcher confirmation bias mm-hmm. false reporting Ordinary healing, mm-hmm. regression to the mean, suggestion, the Rogers phenomenon. I don't know what that is. I could have looked all of these up, but I, right. the Simpson paradox, uh, which I think is to do with Homer Simpson. I'm oh, not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so he says, uh, yeah, so yes, but but the placebo effect means that somebody gets a, they, they think they're going to get a, a, a benefit. They perceive that they're going to get a benefit and their body somehow manifests that benefit right uh without there being any actual uh ingredient right or whatever yes indeed. anyway thanks for writing in petter that was uh that was nice uh we also heard from um taylor who okay. said uh dear frank and dan i just listened to your most recent episode quackery as a student of public health at utah's own westminster college Woo! i have to thank you for making me feel vindicated in my distaste and distrust for alternative medicine uh, generally speaking, public health professionals like my professors and coworkers tend to talk down alternative medicine in favor of research-backed medicine uh-huh. for several reasons. Last year, however, I was in junior college. I took a health professions and organizations class from a professor who had, shall we say, 
a less skeptical view on such methods. <laughs> we, a group of 20 or so public health and nursing students, spent many hours in our classroom hearing about homeopathy, essential oils, acupuncture, Ugh. chiropractic, the disease-healing powers of massage therapy, and my mm. favorite, cupping, which we didn't get to. Uh, cupping is my favorite example because I remember her describing how it worked. Now, here's the thing. I know a little bit about cupping. I don't know a lot about cupping. I'm, I'm interrupting this email. But okay. uh, it's a medieval practice oh. where they would like, they, you take like a jar uh-huh. and you hold fire under it. You heat up the air in the jar. Okay. And then you put the jar uh, mouth down onto <gasps> someone's back. Okay. Now, you don't heat up the jar. You're heating up the air in the jar. Oh, yeah. So what it does is as that air cools, it creates a vacuum and pulls... The skin yeah. up into the jar. And you do like 10 or 12 of these jars on somebody's back. Oh. So it sounds a lot like they were onto the same thing with these like acupuncturists. Yeah. Like there's, there's the merit. They, they found the meridians too. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. They know that. all about it. Huh. Uh, so she says, uh, so uh, uh, Taylor says, um, uh, her, this is her. This is the professor describing how it works. She said the suction cups reach into your body and pull the toxins to the top layer of your skin. Oh, those nasty toxins! And you can actually see it if your it turns your skin purple. Oh, and then it gradually fades away. The purple—that's all the toxins. That's hickeys to the surface. Hickeys are toxins. Oh, people don't know this about hickeys. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so funny. So good. The the cupping thing is amazing to me. Uh, here's okay. by the way. We need, round out, two. we need a round two of this. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. But uh, just as a quick public, pub, public service announcement, yeah. if someone says the word toxins to you <laughs> and they're not talking about a specific toxin that they can actually name, <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's bullshit. Right. Uh, anyway, thank oh, you, Taylor. Toxins. For, for right. You know what? So glad to get the toxins out. Maybe I'm so skeptical because I've got a bunch of toxins in me. It could I just be. Need, I just need, need a good to, detox. Dan. It's so funny to me. Like we have people in the medical community who talk about toxins in the same way that the woo people do. Yeah. Baffle me because yeah. they know we have a mechanism for getting rid of toxins in our body. Yeah. It's called a liver. Yeah. We've got filters. We've got we get rid of our toxins. Yeah. You don't need anything to do. You don't need yeah. any external thing to get rid of toxins. Time. You just need to process it Time. through your body and then yeah. poop it out. Just let it go. Pee it out. Yeah. You and get a lot of. Get a, you get intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alcohol's a toxin. Yeah. Don't seem to just mind that get one. Through, get through uh, the next day. Yeah. Meh. Anyway, uh, we, we have some donors. Do we have some people to thank? We have some donors. Some new, uh, we forgot to do it last we week. We forgot. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, we suck. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I would like to thank Patrick Eowen. Eowen? Eowen. Okay, Matt and James. Awesome. Uh, that's uh, these are these are pa- these are new patrons. New, on new Patreon. Patreon. Great. Uh, you can find our campaign at patreon.com slash TGI Atheist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all up there. You can pay uh, as much or as little as you like. If check you, it out. If you enjoy the show, yeah. uh, you can help us out a little it's bit. No by, biggie. by going on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Franklin, that is not your name. Uh, I would. I would. <laughs> We have we have something to discuss. Yes, we have, do. Have you ever gotten into a, a discussion with a coworker about atheism? Yeah, or, it's usually fine. 
Sure. It's usually fine. It, I mean, because I'm not like, I don't know if you know this about me, Dan. I'm not a rabid atheist. Why? I don't just like. You go don't have ra- rabies? <laughs> not biting people <laughs> and spreading my atheism. That's good. Uh, no, you know, like I, I take a, a fairly gentle approach out in, in public and with people that I know. Mm. Um, I think it's better just to announce that I'm an atheist and just be who I am. Sure. You know, and if. I, I, I'm I'm not a proselytizer of atheism. No, you nor know, I nor had I. my my two years of, of proselytizing. <laughs> and, you were cured, uh, and I it, it it got it out of my system. Yeah, I guess we could say. Uh, so yeah, I I I think people should just kind of come to their own conclusions, and as long as there's a good strong atheist message out there. Um, but if people start talking about things and there's a discussion going on, I'll get into the mix. Sure. You know, and I, you know, we should, we should preface this by saying that we live in a place where it's not that dangerous no. to say that you're an atheist. No. There are parts of this country and probably others. Well, definitely others. I mean, if you're in the yeah. Middle East, you, yeah. you can be put to death for saying you're an atheist. Right. But, or if you live down in Provo. Or if you're, you're yeah, you, they, they, will, they will bore you to death, is what, <laughs> is what they'll do. That's the punishment for being an atheist there. But yeah, I mean, so, so we don't necessarily, this isn't a question of like, this isn't a discussion about whether or not you should come out or how to come out as atheist. Right. This is a discussion of how to talk about atheism with those around you who don't get it. Right. If you're already out or if you're out to some people. Right. There's a lot. It's so funny uh-huh. how people don't understand atheism. Huh. And, you know, so there's, a, you know, there's the people who think that we're Satanists, yeah. who d- don't quite understand that, like, if you don't believe in God, that probably means you don't believe in other magic beings. Right. Uh, there, there are people, you know, so you get a lot of questions. Yeah. And so I, want, I, I wanted to discuss... Just like wh- how how we you and I talk about our atheism with yeah. people and 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 you know I, we're not the best models in the world for this but I mean I just wanted to open the discussion I'm not yeah. saying that we're that don't well what do you do Dan <laughs> well the, okay so I am very much open about uh-huh. my atheism yeah. I'm always you know people know about it I hope I'm not one of those. You know, the, the, there is the joke, how do you know if someone's an atheist or a CrossFit enthusiast? They'll tell you in five minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm, you yeah. wait. Anyway, I, I hope I'm not that. But I but the second... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, nobody knows about your CrossFit. Well, that's true. They definitely don't know about that. I don't even know about my CrossFit. But, the, you know, if, if it comes up, if there's any reason for it to come up, it will. Uh-huh. I'm not going to sh- shy away at all. I'm not going to hide it at all. Right. And I'm also fascinated by religion, so right. I might be asking them questions. Sure, yeah. And that's going to probably lead to them wondering where I'm coming from. Yeah. Hmm. And I've gotten in a, little, in a little bit of trouble every now and then for it. Uh, not as much trouble as some people. Some people are totally willing to alienate their friends and coworkers. And I, I'm not quite that strident. Right. However, I have alienated people, not intentionally. Well, see, my, my issue is, and we've talked about this before on the show, is that I really, like, I really don't have many people in my life outside of my family who I don't see that often um, because of proximity. Right. um, Or lack thereof. Um, 
I don't really have people in my life who are believers. Right. You know, not, not really like, like, yeah. Okay. There's going to be people at work. Right. But that's, if you're a professional, you know, you know, in your work environment, (laughs) then you know how to, you know how to behave and you know what to talk about and what to not talk about. Right. Right. And it's easy enough as an atheist to not talk about religion. Well, right. I've run afoul so, of that. <laughs> but you know but you know what I mean? Like yeah. like like so like I I have this challenge in that like you said, we live in sort of this safe place and the 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 general backlash against re- organized religion here is so strong. Yeah, we have a counterculture that's pretty yeah. powerful. And if you just exist within that counterculture, you like even if you have people who believe in some sort of higher power but they're unwilling to like define it or you know they really they're not religious in any way shape or form and it's clear that they're not even christian but they believe in ghosts right you know or whatever right like these people who are incredibly difficult to reason with if it actually comes up sure right because they haven't thought through it but they're not threatened by your opposition to religion because they have an opposition to organized religion as well. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it's this really strange dynamic that we live in. We don't have sort of casual believers in this area. That's true. Everybody's picked a side. Yeah. There is I I will say this. So I so one of the moments for me that was that that was trouble uh that I got me into a little bit of trouble was yeah. I was at I was at a a job and uh I worked with a young woman who was LDS, she was uh-huh. Mormon. Yeah. Uh, and like many, uh, religious believers hadn't given it much thought. Oh uh, yeah. She just, uh, she just, that's what she was. That's what she was raised and she believed uh, it. Yeah. And so I, you know, I would ask her questions about it and none of it from my end was intending to denigrate her religion right. or was intending to, uh, to put her down for believing in her religion or any of that sort of thing. However, we have to one of the things that I want to caution everyone all of you out there on is that people who live in a privileged position mm-hmm. don't understand that that's the case. Right. Off, yeah. And she she was part of the majority and if you start to say something that is not of the majority view, right. that can very much be pursued uh, perceived as attacking. As attacking. Yeah. Which so, is so funny to me. Like they have all like if they could just objectively step back and go, oh, I really have nothing to lose right. by this person just bringing up this issue. I'm still in the majority. Yeah. I, I like I like my boss is much more likely to side with me in a dis- in in some sort of dispute, uh, dispute between two employees. Right. Right. Like 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 you're if safe. They could just step back and see that. It would be amazing, but they don't. Or if they, they could they even... stay in their situation and they and, and and they don't try to have perspective on it, and they don't understand their privilege, and they let themselves feel attacked. Right? It's unbelievable. Well, and even if they can't step out of it, the situation enough to see like that they're safe. Uh huh. If they could step out of the situation enough to actually just hear the words that I'm using, right. or you know, rather than hearing what they're presuming I'm saying. Yeah. Well, Dan, I mean, so I, all I, 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 don't, all wanna, I, I did, don't want to question. Okay, finish your story. So all I did, you know, I pointed out that both of my parents were LDS historians. Oh yeah. And so the concept, you know, the talk turned to the history of the LDS Church, right? 
And I started to bring up things that she was A, not aware of, and B, she assumed was just anti-Mormon propaganda. Right. It was all, of course, true. <laughs> and it was, and yes, I'm going to totally cop to the fact that something in me was getting great joy out of kind of needling her. Right. Yeah. But I never attacked her religion. Right. And I never, and, and it wasn't my intention to. I just would, it would just be like these little things of like, well, did you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Did you know? Did you know that Joseph Smith had a glass of wine the night before he died? <laughs> Just little things like that. Did you know? Just because I wanted to see what how she would respond. Now that's just dumb to do at work. Yeah, I have to admit, yeah. I was being stupid oh, damn. to do that at work. But yeah, it got me in some trouble. Yeah, I bet it did. Don't, don't, because I, I was just about to question sort of your like innocence. Well, because no, you do I, have a directness oh, yeah. about the way that you communicate. I do. Yes. It's true. And so I, I was, but you, you, you just, you just copped to it. So that's good. It's, here's the thing. <laughs> I thought I was staying on the windy side of the law by not talking about theology at all. I was talking about history, and I thought, you can't argue with me. Far worse. You can't get mad at me for just talking about history. Far worse, Yeah, not, no good, no good because at all. Because that's, that's what's damning about <laughs> well, the Mormons, is, is their history. Yeah. You know, because belief versus belief versus belief, right. that's just the way the world works. Right. Right? And everybody's fine with that. Oh, you, oh really? That's what you believe? Right. Oh, really? That's you believe that God... The Father, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost were, are actually all one thing. But they're separate, but they're one. But they're separate, but they're one. That's oh, really, that's, mm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't understand, understand that. that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's one thing. That's one thing. But to be like, yeah, you know, Joseph Smith, yeah, he was a total, yeah, like, he was yeah. a total fucking hypocrite. Right, right? exactly. You know, you're, you're, you know, like what you believe now is totally in complete contradiction with what he thought. Right, yeah. <laughs> the founder of your church, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, of I mean, course that's going to get you into trouble, Dan. Yeah, it did. And and here, so here's, I think we're we're getting to the, the, the crux of this mm -hmm. thing, which is that, A, if you, you can attack someone's religion... But if you do, know that you're being a dick. <laughs> I think that's true. I, I mean, uh, atheists love to do this. I know a lot yeah. of atheists who attack people on their religion. And yeah, you're probably right. Right. And yeah, you probably can catch people out in, uh, in, in contradictions in the Bible. You can probably catch them in things that they didn't even know are in the Bible. And, and yes, you will be correct. Right. You will also be being a jerk. Now, what about baiting? What, what, what if you're just, oh, God, I'm, I'm so glad there's no God, and just leave it at that, <laughs> right, around the most religious person in the office, right? Also a dick move. <laughs> Fine. No, here's the thing. I'm not saying don't be a dick. I'm just saying just know when what you're doing is being a jerk. Right. You're not just, you're not just winning an argument. You're being a jerk. <laughs> And you're allowed to be a jerk. Like that's a thing that you can, you can do. Choose to be a jerk. Yeah. Just and be aware. Sometimes that you're being it's a fun. Jerk. I was being with that coworker. I was totally being a dick. I I get Dan, that. And why did you do that? I don't know. It was that's kind not of what you want to do. I don't know. She was dumb. I just I did not like her very much, and I just wanted to mess with her a little bit. So a lot of atheists come at this from a place of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. They come at it from a place of. Um, you know, I, we are under attack, 
this person, because they're Christian, probably hates me or probably, I, I mean, and I get it. Like we are, atheists are largely uh, looked down on and treated badly. And, you know, there's a lot of prejudice against atheists. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah. However, defensiveness is the worst place you can come from when you're trying to have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to make you uh, receptive to them at all. And then they're definitely not going to be receptive to you. Mm-mm. And it's just, you're not going to have a discussion. You're going to have an argument that will lead nowhere, and both people will come away feeling shitty. Yeah. So I guess, that, I guess that's the main the crux is that uh, we, we, we don't need to be defensive. Be interested in how people believe and what people believe. You don't have to believe it. You can think it's kooky. But be interested. Yeah, now why not hear it from the horse's mouth? Yeah, about what they believe. Find out what they believe. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. That, that's a believe me. That if you just shut up and let them talk, they will say some shit that will blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, and that's fun. <sighs> when you start to learn to appreciate that, yeah. the mind blow. Yeah. Gonna be good. Otherwise, you're just gonna. Everyone's gonna just be grumbly. I know it's like, uh, what 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 good comes of that? Every now and then you got to blow off some steam though, and then you get fired. <laughs> Wait, you got fired? Well, that was one of the things that was used against me. Oh, in my fire. It's the one time in my life I've ever been fired. I've never. I'm. <gasps> then I know what else was used against you. Wow. Yeah, you had a lot going on in that job. She did not like me. <laughs> she did not like me. She ended up building. <laughs> Make, make, lodging a lot of uh, <laughs> this spurious really complaints about me. Did not like you, no. Because if this is the one time, if you're being real about that, yeah, you know this. Yeah, you know right, that. I know. I know other stories. Then, yeah. Wow, Dan. Yeah. So anyway, you pissed this poor little girl off. Yeah, she wanted me gone. Oh, I'm sorry. She, no, it's fine. You didn't even like that job. So. I hated that job. It was fine. I got <laughs> and the and the state ended up agreeing with me right. that they had no grounds to fire me and so I got unemployment too. So. Ugh, that's the best. Oh yeah. Money with no work? Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll take that any day of the week. Actually, just kidding. I voluntarily went off of unemployment after, <laughs> after a bit. All right. Well, Dan. Well, there you go. Uh, if you guys know, uh, if you guys want to dispute uh, or, or want to give uh, some nuance to our discussion of discussions. Well, what? Yeah, you've had stories. Yeah, let us Dear know. listener. Yeah, you, you know. You, I, I'm sure we're going to get some good stories yeah, about how us. people, about people interacting with other people. What have your coworkers said to you? About atheism what it is i mean people don't even know what it is who's made the office uh or workplace in general uh, uncomfortable right for you well and also like how many surely there are people out there who have actually like made it awesome because they've they've been able to discuss things properly and smartly anyway you can write to us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com is the address or you can leave us a voicemail number voicemail the <laughs> yeah. number is uh, 424-666-8442 yeah you can continue the discussion with each other on our facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist or and 
and or seek out the TGIA members only lounge by searching for it on Facebook right and request to join and then and then it'll be a discussion only for you listeners Ooh. no public allowed no. just just uh just it's exclusive it's just us in there <laughs> uh thanks to Mackenzie for doing the Facebook page she's an amazing person oh, and she does a great job and thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the continued use of their music yeah i sure do love it and i sure do love you dear listener and thank you so much for tuning in bye